we're about to go so deep on this movie that has an auspicious title that I'm, if you Google it the wrong way, I'm sure you could go down a really funny rabbit hole and end up with a completely different movie. Although I did find out there's like 10 movies with this title. Mm-hmm. But I also think you might find an X-rated movie with this title because it'd just be too easy. We're going to go skin deep on a movie called Skin Deep, which comes out in 1989 with John Ritter. However, right before I clicked record, Jordan asked me an insane question that shattered dimensions. And No, I've never stuck peanut butter on an Oreo. And I asked her, what was the mechanism? Do you open the Oreos and add the peanut butter to the cream? And, and I guess not. What's the deal? What's the deal you with could. your snacky snack? I just put it on peanut butter. I mean, peanut butter on the Oreo. You could take the cookie and dip it in the peanut butter. I wonder but- if this is like a regional Colorado thing, because Jordan spent some time in Colorado. So maybe maybe the people out there in the Denver side are I think it's Oreo just with peanut butter on top. I don't know. I think it's a girls from the 90s thing because of mm. the movie The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. That's like one of the snacks when they're trying Which is to not come. the original Parent Trap. Duh. I know. I was <laughs> speaking to my 90s girls. There's a point in the movie where they finally get stuck in the, you know, in the cabin together. And that's like what they kind of bond over is peanut butter with Oreos. And it's so good. So. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Freaking peanut butter on Oreos. Uh, Welcome back to the Oreo Cookie Podcast Hour with your host, Johnny Cookie, and his co-host, Jordan Snickerdoodle. I'll take it. I like Snickerdoodle. Way to get distracted in the first three minutes, Jordan! (laughs) Um, Home video headlines. Did you see the Zendaya robot? She, She went to the premiere of Dune 2. That's hard to say. The Dune 2 premiere in Did a, what I. looked like a very uncomfortable robot suit, which I guess is based on a robot suit that was like on Fashion Week from the 90s or something. I don't know. I think it was Moon uh, Blair. Yeah. And did I watch it? Of course like I watched it. it. She is an I mean, icon. she has to sit down and watch a movie, right? So do you think the materials actually bend, even though they look like uncomfortable steel plates, like nothing maneuvers in a robot suit because hey guess what robot suits were designed for robot skins robot skins were designed for robots to wear it's okay? true yeah do i don't know i have a bias works. against machines maybe maybe she stands a... i don't know but have you gone to... what is it i said maybe she stands the whole movie instead of stands sits in down. the aisle she just ushers people like with their <laughs> popcorn right this and sodas <laughs> the whole movie <laughs> um i mean she looked uncomfortable like yes like three hours after getting into the costume, she had the look on her face. She had like, well, she had like what what is known in the industry as resting bitch face. And I don't know if it's a natural thing for her or not. I mean, I've always been entertained by her. She was good in the Spider-Man movies, you know? 
as one of Spider-Man's sidekicks, you know, she played Mary Jane and she, romantic interest, whatever. But um, I kind of, I kind of, and you like her in that, uh, what is that? Euphoria. Uh, I almost said Eureka show. And that, <laughs> there actually is a show called Eureka. It's a completely different type of show. I am a Zendaya, a one day one. She cannot do anything wrong, yeah. in my opinion. She's a fashion icon. It makes sense that she's in a robot suit for me. So I've been snatching up all of the Dune 2 content I possibly can. I'm so ready for the movie. So I was stoked to see the robot costume. Super cool. And for all them perverts out there. <laughs> it's perfect for them, too. <laughs> it's a very titillating robot suit. We'll just say that. Yeah, it's got clear panels and and metallic panels as well. So. Yeah, clear. Yeah, kind of like suggestive plastic in all the right places. Yes, that's the thing. It may not bend or be flexible. I'm sure it's not good in like you know tropical weather, like in Arizona, Florida, California. Oh no! Or any, or even good. Boston because it gets freaking humid out here. It's probably not good for any humid tropical zone out there. Uh, yeah. But it's something to look at, folks. It's you don't do internet. it for the go, comfort, go that's for sure. So everybody's clicking right now. There's at least 50 of our listeners. They're just like, you know? oh yeah. I mean, they heard the title of the movie number one. They're gonna go look to see what movie we're actually talking about. Now they want to see Zendaya's robot thing. Um, to change the mood, here we go. Dennis Quaid is gonna play a serial killer called Happy Face. I didn't even know that. First of all, that they even nicknamed a serial killer Happy Face, or that there was a serial killer out there calling himself Happy Face. Apparently, the show he's going to be in about Happy Face is based on a podcast about the Happy Face murders written or produced, or I don't know who does the podcast. Maybe the killer's own daughter. I don't know. Because there's like a book that is the killer's family wrote or something. I don't know. Um, I guess I should have done more research instead of saying, I don't know, twice. Basically, the point I'm saying is I should have done more research about the Happy Face murderer show. I don't know anything. I didn't even know there was a serial killer named Happy Face. I read a brief article about it, and it's based off of the book called Shattered Silence by Melissa Moore, which is the daughter of the serial killer. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I thought. Like, I had heard the show. The way they described it in the articles was funny because it's like, oh, Dennis Quaid is playing a serial killer in a show based on a podcast about the serial killer based on a book by the serial killer's daughter or whatever. Yeah. Like, wow, this is like a lot of jumping through. Like, oh, it's the roommate's friend's boyfriend's uncle's cousin. It's like, like content so inception. Many... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this show. It's called This Fool. It's like one of the funniest things that they've ever put on Hulu. Hmm. It only got two seasons and it ended on a cliffhanger. No. The character uh, Louise, who's like one of my favorite characters, he's on a plane to Cambodia at the end of the second season. Do you know what I mean? I think it's Cambodia. He's like goes to some random Asian country because he's never been anywhere, and uh, it just ends there. It like it, he, that country came out of like a joke in, within the show or something. So then like he just picks it to you know be like tough about it or whatever. So he's like on his way there. Yeah, and that's it. So it's like, oh, dude. I'm like, it's about him and his cousin. So he's actually like a reformed um, because they go like, um, what do they say? Like hugs, not thugs. It's like a a, a gangster reform program in a Latino neighborhood in L.A. And like they make cupcakes and sell them to keep their like, um, you know, services open or whatever. But then it gets defunded. So then they open a coffee shop. Uh, It's pretty good. It's like, uh, again, like probably the funniest thing I've seen that 
like on Hulu for like Hulu original comedy or whatever. But anyway, it's going to go down as like one of these legendary shows. Like I, I'm trying to think of another example, but like some sitcoms or some shows, like they just end on cliffhangers and you're like, dude, what the heck? You know what I mean? There's no resolution, you know? Yeah. Oh, actually another famous Jerry Seinfeld show, the, the Seinfeld comedy, like the characters go to jail in the last season. And you you don't know if they stay there or get out or what, you know, so. Yeah, that's a bummer. I like a lot of the Hulu originals, too. So I'm sure it was excellent. I'll have to check it out. But bummer that it ends. Yeah, that's a good binge. Like if you're just like, oh, you know, I need something like while I'm baking or like, you know, I just got like a weekend. I'm just like got some time doing laundry. Like, let's yeah, throw it on. It's pretty funny. Um, We often make. Oh, never mind. I was going to keep talking about it, but I was like, oh, I'll just move on. Uh. I've said before on the show, we we actually watched Nikita a little while back, and we talked about The Professional, but Luc Besson, he's one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, he's from France. He made this movie called Subway with Christopher Lambert, and um, oh, Fifth Element, probably his biggest movie, at least over here, was the uh, Mia Jovovich and Bruce Willis like sci-fi adventure movie, Fifth Element, that came out. Um, that was his. But he's going to make a a Dracula movie, but the catch is it's like when he when when Dracula is like early days and supposedly has a marriage. I don't know. They've done Dracula's bride movies a couple times, and we know in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he had a couple wives, according to the legend, you know, and in that book or whatever. It, I just I don't know. I'm jazzed. I'd like to see a Luke Luke Besson take on Dracula. So I was happy, happy about that. I'm looking forward to it. Um Listen, folks, I don't know. It, this is easy. Like, we could literally program the entire show about werewolf movies or the entire show about vampire movies. Like, literally. Could have easily yeah. just done like a genre show, you know? So, and I haven't, and we well, you know it's funny. The movies that I give the most leniency for being critical about are, in fact, monster movies. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so, so accepting of certain monster movies over like, like, eh, they didn't stick to any of the tropes, but I loved it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, Chris Nolan said he'd be interested in making a horror movie too, if uh, if he could come up with the right story or if the right right story you know found him or whatever. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I can appreciate his uh, inclination to do horror movies. I mean, he's probably one of the greatest living directors right now. Everybody's talking about him. Oppenheimer just won a bunch of uh, British Academy Awards, the BAFTA, you know, um, like best director, best film, best editing, uh, best supporting actor. Like, it, like what do they call it? Like a sweep almost sweep. at their version of the Academy Awards. Um, however, the only, it's like the only thing I disagree with, Chris Nolan is apparently like also, he said in an interview that he's like a huge fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Interesting. And so then I like, hmm. I like just kind of like, I started to tune it out after that. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like those movies, I guess, I guess they're guilty pleasure movies or they're just really fun movies that people, I mean, it obviously has a giant fan base. Like I'm not going to say anything. Right. I mean, it has millions of fans. What do I know? They're just not really my cup of tea, except like number three, which I guess they're saying is now a prequel that it doesn't it happens outside of the regular continuity that's actually like a really great movie Tokyo Drift it's the only one i've and ever watched and remember so it's the one where the kid goes to japan and is Tokyo Drift and gets into the drifting races yeah yeah it's pretty good it's a good movie um 
and I think that's Justin Lin who do, who did like my one of my favorite Star Treks, uh, Star Trek Beyond. And uh, what else did you do? Oh, what is that movie? What is that movie called? Dang, he did a movie about like the Asian gangs in LA County. Oh man! And uh, what is that movie called? Oh, Better Luck Tomorrow. That's a great movie. If anybody wants to watch like a indie drama about like <laughs> inner city Asian teenage gangs, yeah. That's funny when I'm like trying to think it like it's a good movie, but promoting like negative subject matter, you're just like, come on. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So Story weird. of my life like, talking about every true crime series I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Well, yeah. I played back a clip from our show. We, 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 you know, a few episodes ago, folks, I don't know if you or if you're listening out there or watching this, you, maybe you'd seen our episode about Street Smart and we were so jazzed up talking about the movie and it's about such bad behavior. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just prostitution uh, and pimping. Yeah. And, just yeah. pimping and hooking and everything in between. Uh, oh, and, and, um, and like libel or, or is it libel? When you tell lies written, there's one's libel and one's slander, right? I think slander is spoken and libel is written because the journalist makes up the news. Which right. is also a crime. Anyway, that's the anyway. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the roundup for home video headlines. And then uh, got to kick it over to Jordan so she can uh, have her moment with this uh, savage stats. Let's see yeah. if they're going to be savage or playful or what. But this is like what we like to call it savage stats. I Jordan can start savage. off. Yeah, with the movie. Oh, wait, I, did I, I didn't even introduce I can do the it. movie? I'll do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. Do it. We, I'm uh, drink my energy water. <laughs> tonight we are talking about Skin Deep and like John mentioned, make sure it's the right one. So 1989, and that is with John Ritter. And the movie is about uh, Zach Hutton. He's a womanizing drunken writer whose life seems to be falling apart at the seams. He's still in love with his ex-wife whose family can't stand him. And he's got writer's block, keeping him from completing his last novel. He repeatedly finds himself in trouble one way or another uh, with the law, ex-girlfriends, quite a lot going on in his life with that because he's always chasing some tail um, and also including jealous ex-boyfriends or boyfriends. But that's tonight's movie. Um, glad I got to do the synopsis because there wasn't too, too much about tonight's movie for Savage Stats. Um, of course, it is directed by Blake Edwards, who's notorious uh, for the Pink Panther series. He also worked on Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is one of my personal favorites. Who doesn't love that? Um, but a lot surrounding the movie and how it was written. It was originally supposed to be titled Eleven, um, which was a sequel to his hit film Ten. This is like a mind blowing fact. We have to just take a moment to like acknowledge that. Like, I had no idea that they yeah. were trying to gonna make a sequel to Ten, which is a kind of like a pretty iconic movie too, because that's the Bo Derek Dudley Moore comedy, right? So I didn't know that they were gonna do Eleven. <laughs> Come on, right? Right. Anyway. Well, and I tried to look up the synopsis for Ten, and it's kind of something similar it's the to same like, thing it's a yeah. drunk playboy who's having a nervous breakdown and he um falls in love with a married woman or whatever who's Bo Derek. right exactly at a beach and this movie has beaches you know beach cottage so you know yeah you drop one character in for another 
right write the same movie well it was originally written for that actor and when they realized that Dudley Moore wasn't coming back that's when they put in John Ritter so originally the script was supposed to be a sequel he got halfway through writing it when he found out that Moore wasn't going to be returning to the movie so he had to take what he had and change the names and just continue to write the movie skin deep as if it was an original script and not a sequel. Hmm. So um, it also like with Dudley Moore deciding to not come back. Like I mean, definitely- these, we're talking about all everybody we're talking about tonight, folks, are our iconic filmmakers and iconic actors and comedians in, in uh, Hollywood you know, from like the seventies to the nineties, and well, John Ritter was working up into the two thousands, and then unfortunately he died of a heart attack. But uh, in like what two thousand was it two thousand ten or something? And they, they probably yeah. know, they probably know John Ritter from Problem Child, or uh, I mean Three's, Three's Company. Company. Yeah. yeah, and then I, Dudley Moore, as you said, in number in number ten, but he's also like in the British comedy world of the seventies. He's a big deal. He's in this movie called Arthur. Which has this, almost the same, the same story. It's like he's made the same movie, maybe for maybe, like you know how they say like typecasting, like right, meandered through these movies about these drunken playboys, and there's like three or four of them that he's done. But well, then the Doug- Pink Panther movies, we have to slow up a bit because I have to talk about them. Like say it, so <laughs> let it fly. The Pink Panther movies always open with animation of the actual Pink Panther, but he's not a character in the movie because. The Pink Panther just refers to a world-class thief, right? And it's right. really about the detective, that, uh, Inspector Clouseau, who's always chasing him, played by Peter Sellers, who's another iconic comedic actor. And I, so, uh, but I remember, like, how you get brought into those movies if you watch them on TV. You think it's going to be about the animated Pink Panther if you're if you're little. Yeah. So that's what I thought. That's and how it's... So, yeah, that's, oh, so I'm, I'm like five, and I'm like, oh, cool, a pink cat. It looks like Looney Tunes, but then the movie starts, and it's about you know, it's like a slapstick comedy, you know, about the guy trying to catch this world famous thief. Um, but also, what a good introduction if you're like little, and then you, you're about to watch a cartoon, and you're watching the Pink Panther movies. You're like, um, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I I don't know if I can really respect the remakes, though. I mean. Um, Steve Martin, I think, is in two like Pink Panther remakes with uh and, and Kevin Klein. Is Kevin Klein the detective? Or is it reversed? Is he in one of them as the bad guy? I can't remember. Anyway, I mean Steve Martin's a comic icon too, but the remake in the Pink Panther just seems unnecessary. Uh okay, sorry to interrupt you. No, that was perfect. I think just to add to that, um, because you mentioned like Arthur 2 on the rocks or whatever, like Arthur and Arthur 2, Dudley Moore had like essentially recent, like had just completed that movie. And I think that led into him not wanting to do 11, right? So that's how Skin Deep became Skin Deep. Um, And the final fact would be Nina Foch, who played John Ritter's mother-in-law in in the film. She's a super funny role. She obviously hates his guts, thinks that he's like the worst thing that ever happened to her daughter. Um, But she was originally Ritter's acting coach when he was a student at Hollywood High School. And apparently he was super nervous to meet her again on the set of the movie. So 
I like that chemistry that they have in the film. So uh, because of Cal- Southern California's like relationship with like the TV and film industry, like just going to a high school in Hollywood and taking a drama class, you could get cast in a TV show. You know, that's where my mom went to high school. So you went to she went to uh, which one? Hollywood High School. Yeah. Really? Wow. So like we'll be yeah. watching movies and she'd be like, oh, yeah, I went to high school with them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. Six so, degrees with Miss Savage. That's it. Savage stats for you today about skin deep. Wait, how did you not mention the muscle girl? Zap from American Gladiator. Well, I did movie. see that. Right. As that. See, I never watched American Gladiator, but of course oh. I loved, you know, the oh, characters. Okay. Well, let's set the let's set the picture for everybody. So American Gladiator average out of shape nine to fivers would go up against ripped bodybuilding uh steroid crushing gladiators i mean like warriors uh you know and during like the heyday of bodybuilding excitement in the country and like you would compete basically in these aerobic activities and then also they shot you with like nerf guns <laughs> you know something like that you know like <laughs> wow. oh they briefly re-brought back they briefly brought back american gladiator with some of the old stunt performers with Hulk Hogan hosting like three or four years ago, but the original is the best. I mean, God, you remember when you had time to just like do nothing and watch things? Because I mean, how great would it be to just like go home and turn on old episodes of 1989 American Gladiator and just sit there? You know know what I mean? And watch all this stuff. Because it sounds great. Average out of shape office worker stuck behind a computer. Suddenly you got to compete with gladiators, you know, and win these games. Um, dang, but bringing her up too early because I'm gonna bleed into one of my favorite bits. I was gonna say, I was like, she she probably would fit really good in in uh favorite bits section yeah. of the pod. Um, hold on, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get too excited and jump too far ahead in the favorite bits, but if you're excited for movies, you're a movie lover and you want to get a box of movies. We have an affiliate code for this thing called lovedagainmedia.com. You actually have a, we have a dedicated link, actually. Lovedagainmedia.com forward slash binge, which is part of the name of our show. If you go there, you can order up movie boxes that will show up. They mail it to you. Genre boxes, comedy, horror, drama, sci-fi. It's a box of movies. You can randomize it, or you can go through their categories and try to make it more selective. Um, Anyway. Check it out if you really like movies. Otherwise, you're just going to be watching hours and hours of American Gladiator. And I got really excited and was going to get ahead of myself by talking about Zap from American Gladiator being in the movie. But we've arrived at Favorite Bits. Favorite Bits from Skin Deep 1989. John Ritter. Jordan, kicking it back over to you. Actually, my tangents have been pretty, like, Almost non-tangical. Like my tangents have not been that wild tonight. I've been, I've been staying on track. It's about time for me to be in the driver's seat. You know, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, I just was laughing like every five minutes of this movie. I thought the pacing extremely was extremely funny movie. As it turns out, ridiculous funny movie. Absolutely. So funny. I was like literally laughing out loud at the TV, and I never do that. Like I really like I'll laugh. It sneaks up on you, right? There's a couple times that just it you, it comes out of nowhere, and you're like, damn, that was really funny. I'll leave the bodybuilder moment to you, but I would say the next one that just like made me like 
I'm pretty sure Pat had to like run in to make sure I was okay while I was watching this movie because I was like screaming at the TV, but it was like because of laughter. I thought that the hotel scene, so essentially the um Zach has been like banished, right, from his house. His girlfriend had burned down the second house that he built and he's staying in this hotel. And he comes across this beautiful woman and he tries to buy her a drink. And as they're going to deliver the drink, obviously her boyfriend at the time sits down and he's supposed to be this like, you know, British rocker or Australian rocker or whatever, you know, kind of fast forward a couple minutes and it all kind of comes into play of where he's going to hook up with her because the boyfriend has now left. And, and so she wants to use some protection and then it is literally, I, I just was laughing so hard. So essentially he has glow in the dark condiments. I, I know that it wasn't really glow in the dark. It's supposed to be like these Chinese herbs that are like supposed to be, you know, making him yeah, two things you know, feel a the, certain way. The zany crazy rockstar boyfriend has glow in the dark condoms and also, you know, Chinese sexual herbs. So he takes the herbs. Pops on the condom, but it, they're super. It's like not just glow in the dark, but super iridescent or whatever. Like they're definitely Very bright, making sure you, you can light it because of the contrast. So they go into the dark, and it's just like you know. I kind of feel like they're making a lightsaber joke, like a I Star so Wars too. lightsaber joke. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Are we about to have a lightsaber fight? Like in, yeah. in crossing in the swords? Does it? Because yeah. you know the funny part is is that. The boyfriend storms in. He hides in the closet. The boyfriend doesn't know he's actually there. The girl shoots the boyfriend away. He comes back, right? Zach comes back and they're trying to get busy. And the boyfriend takes it as that she was like trying to like play hard to get. So the boyfriend yeah. comes back in and you've got like a red, <laughs> a red glow in the dark. Yeah, evil red condom light. Yeah, yeah. With like a blue. And it just like, I, I just thought it was so well played. And I love that they like loop it back at the very end where there's like a red, white and blue one. And he's spoiler finally back with his ex-wife. I just thought that whole bit, like it made me laugh. I was like, yeah, he jumping. decided he has a pension or he likes the, he likes it. Dark, yeah. Right? yeah. It's kind of um, funny to do a recall joke like that. Um, it was good. I thought the like physical comedy was honestly hilarious. Like, you know, they're even um, him and his buddy and his buddy's wife are like in the vacation rental and the wife like just falls right off of the chair. I just thought people did so good. Like with the physical comedy, it like mm -hmm. actually sold that, that this was going down. I thought the fact that they had mixed up the parties, he thought it was a costume party and it really was supposed to be like a gala. And so he shows up to the gala, you know, dressed up as a well, Yeah, what's funny is like he gets into so much trouble that his best friend is his lawyer. So his lawyer tells him, Oh, hey, hey, it's a costume party, but then got the date wrong and his wife corrected yes. the lawyer at the last minute while getting ready. So the lawyer's in a tux or whatever. But then yeah, dude shows up, you know, dressed as Aladdin, you know, from Arabian Nights or whatever. Ugh. And get gets laughed out of the party. Um and I guess they're hobnobs, they're like snobby aristocrats, so to them it's really like funny and makes them look bad because he's trying to establish himself as a popular writer or whatever on the up-and-comers or whatever. What about the opening? Did you like the opening? Because basically he's like, um, he's in, in bed with the girlfriend, then right. you find out like, you think the lady with the gun is the wife the who's wife. just caught him and that's why the gun is out. 
no, you find out the one with the gun is actually the um, regularly scheduled mistress, and right, they, who didn't know about the girlfriend, and then the wife comes home, right? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? like the girlfriend's and, with the gun, she catches him with his mistress, but yeah. then and it, which is the hairdresser, but then yeah. the wife comes home to catch yeah. all three situations yeah. going on, yeah. No, it was funny. It was a perfect way to kind of like lay, you know, lay this, lay it out. But it was so good. There was so many moments. I laughed the whole time. So and then obviously, um, you know, I mentioned it has the mustard girl of my dreams in it. Zap from American Gladiator. And kind of a funny scene. So they're going to hook up. And then he wakes up late because the alarm clock doesn't go off or something correctly. But then he wakes up in the middle of her uh, like yoga class or no aerobics, aerobics, not, yes. not yoga. So he's like, you know, but it is briefs, whatever, his little tidy whities and has to, he plays it off though. I mean, he, you know, he improvises and plays it cool by joining the class. Um, Cause he gets locked out of like, I guess like, I mean, yeah, I guess you can put it together. The muscle girl must be a, a aerobics instructor or instructor. teacher. And she like her apartments behind the studio or something on, cause he goes through a door and he's locked out. Yeah. And he's stuck yep. in class. Um, pretty funny moment. That's also in the in the trailer. So if you're watching the previews and you're like, "Oh, that's, what is this movie?" Um, it'll bring you in. But he's sitting on the beach and he's asking God for a sign or whatever, and then uh, he gets knocked over by a big wave. And then he tells the lawyer, "Oh, God must be a gag writer. I figured it out." And then he gets knocked over by a ginormous wave, and it looks like it looks like it was John Ritter who gets like. Uh, sent sliding across the floor of the you know beach condo or whatever right yeah um that was a laugh out loud moment for me like because it's just so well timed yeah and you know it comes out of nowhere and uh it might be a little over the top but the way this movie does it you you accept it or whatever um so we have a rating system on the show it's pretty unique to us but people also like it they're starting to like it online. It's binge now, which means you got to watch it before you get to anything else. Binge later, put it on the list, but, you know, get, get around to it. Binge never, which, if you're having an existential crisis, according to Jordan, it doesn't actually exist. But theoretically, it means don't watch it. Don't get to it. Don't waste your time. You can't get the two hours of your life back. Anyway. Regardless of the politics and whether or not Oppenheimer's a good movie, it's pretty damn long. And it would ought to, I mean, so like too long. Like three it's hours. It's a long movie. It was so, still really good. So I would say if movies waste your time, then they have a problem. Um well. I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm ready to go. I don't know what I don't know where you are, where you oh. land with this movie. Binge now for sure. I yeah. love it when we watch a movie, and the first mm -hmm. thing I do the next day is go and tell all my coworkers, "You have to watch this movie. It was so fun. Can't wait to talk about it on the pod." And that was like this movie. I just laughed the whole time. I thought it was so good. It's cheeky. He does. Great you like it more than just doing your homework for the show? She's like. I told people in real life about it. <laughs> exactly. That okay. that's a lot, you know. Yeah. Sure. Um Dang. I like the entire movie except for it gets to a Christmas party. He finally finished his book. 
he's kind of teasing his old girlfriends, but they're all in kind of like speaking terms. So he's sober. Seems to be seems to be things seem to be going okay. I will acknowledge that it's like you know they accurately show you what does a writer do when they're not writing? They're drinking and fornicating. It seems pretty accurate. Um, they're doing everything but writing, and then they finally write. It's nice that his book is popular. Um, it might end up just on Amazon.com if he had been writing in modern day, but they like his little novel. I assume it's about his, I mean, I assume his books are like about relationships, right? Right. Um, or, or like some fictionalized novel version of like his adventures or something. They Well, they in, insinuate it at that party too, yes. because one of the characters, um, I forget, Re- uh, not Rebecca, because that's the, the girl, uh, girlfriend to the, his son. But one of the girlfriends insinuates, was I just research or like, you know. Oh, dang. Yeah, just a chapter in a book. Yeah. Um, It's kind of funny. Um, So, and it's it's fine, whatever. It's kind of like they're wrapping it up kind of like a bookend style. Um, You know, everybody's in a good mood. He's fixed his relationships with most of the characters. Um, Will they, won't they with the wife? But we're going to find out in the next scene what happens. but it ends up being a binge later for me because I think it starts to fall apart towards the end, right? Like, it's not as, I mean, I mean, are we splitting hairs? I don't know. Like, uh, I would like people to get to it. I like John Ritter. If you're looking for one more thing and you've already seen him in Three's Company and you've seen the Problem Child movies and maybe you saw, um, what is it, like Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, like the big show he was on uh, before he died. Uh, so he may have seen him as doing the voice of Clifford the Big Red Dog. I don't know. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. What's funny about so here's what's funny. So, like, he's like a in Problem Child, he's like a like, uh, like it's hard to really say. He's like a square, so he's like a very normal dad figure to like a really eccentric child with problems. And then, like, it's about him kind of, like, you know, trying to learn to be a dad. And then, like, but so then you take, like, a nice guy like John Ritter and then you put him into Buffy where he's a crazy um Like, overprotective stepdad, yeah. Spoiler alert for Buffy. Turns out to be a a malfunctioning robot or whatever. And then also he's the bad sheriff in Bride of Chucky or whatever. So he's also a horror movie. So they're, they're kind of making fun of it, right? Because his attitude or his reputation was that he was, like, a a real nice guy. Do you know what I mean? One of these nice guy actors. And then you put them in those types of shows and movies. Um, however, I mean, I guess like this movie's coming off his sex appeal from three's company for sure. Right. Cause even the beginning is a little bit three's company. Right. So definitely the sex appeal of early John Ritter is probably fueling the excitement for this movie. However, I feel like it's not as popular as it should be. Right. Yeah. yeah. I only literally, I I just found out about it. You know, I should have known about it for a while, but I've only known about it for maybe a year, maybe two, and just never decided to watch it. Um, bringing Jordan in on some of these movies is really fun for me because I don't know which way she's going to go with some of these titles, which is making the show super interesting. Uh, but yeah, but that's it. Like, because I think it falls apart in the later half of the movie, like the last maybe 20 minutes fall apart. So yeah, get get around to it. Like, Exactly my experience, what I just said. Get around to it for your John Ritter experience, but it doesn't have to be rushed to the top of your pile. Um, 
What are the fans doing? Talking a lot of trash on TikTok. That's for sure. Actually, no, they're pretty well engaged on TikTok, which is kind of like that's an experiment because I have no interest in social media anymore at all, really. Even though in real life, I get paid to market things. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, yeah, story of my life. I'm just like, <laughs> like, Jordan and I both work in some aspect of marketing, but I, I just like, I'm just over it, you know? Uh, whatever. One, some person on, on, on YouTube said like, oh, I, you know, good video, but I don't really understand the beginning, middle, and end because uh, you didn't tell me the movie you're talking about. I'm like, dude, it's a clip, man. It should With be obvious that it's a clip for. from a pod. Like, you, there's a microphone in the frame. We're saying the word podcast several times. Like, I just thought it would be pretty clear that there are clips from the actual podcast. That's why mm -hmm. our social is up there. Uh, but actually, I mean, that guy's an outlier because it is working. I've noticed the clips are driving a lot of traffic to uh, to the podcast on other channels. So it does work, folks. So if you're, if you're all, you know... Uh, a little inside baseball or like, let's break the fourth wall. If you're, you know, if you're a podcaster and you're deciding whether or not you should put any effort into putting your clips out there, you probably should. Um, that's it for fan service. That's when we talk about the fans complaints or, you know, uh, we'll give them back to Jordan's cat. whose name is Frank. He's in charge yep. of HR and everything. Send All it the on problems. over. <laughs> Send it on over. Yeah. Um, although I, I mean, I might file a complaint against peanut butter Oreos. I don't know. Did you ever look to see Take if they put me. if they if Oreo actually issued issued like a peanut butter cup Oreo? They probably had they had to have, right? You would think uh, just because they have like so many different types, you know, they've got like the thins, they got double stuff, yeah. they've got like you know, reverse. which aren't really. There's a lot of videos on on we were just talking about social media. There's a lot of videos out there uh, where they're like saying they're only stuffed one point three. They're not actually double stuffed. Actually, so it's double. controversial. The amount of stuffing that you get. Wonder if they did statistics. What if twice the amount of the filling was actually too much based off of the sample size? You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's science backed, but clearly you I've can't touched call a it. nerve. I touched a nerve because Oreo is Jordan's snack of choice. No, I don't even <laughs> like Oreos. I will only <laughs> I eat them with like peanut butter. I will I'm only just gonna eat put them peanut with butter. peanut butter. Oh yeah. Uh let's see. Oh, staff picks. If we watched anything else that we want to tell the audience about. Uh, Jordan sent me a 911 text saying, please don't talk about the end of True Detective. Yeah, you can't, no spoilers yeah. because I haven't seen it yet. Obviously, the season finale aired on Sunday. Okay, so when um, Dude is drowning in the ice, Aquaman mm. shows up and saves them? Aquaman? Yeah, we you were know, they did hypothesizing. Yeah, we were Max crossed over their DC properties, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they're like, well, True Detective does really well, but the DC Universe stuff is really sinking, so could we have a, a little crossover we'll get a little moment? Lift. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Aquaman, you know, um, um, what's his name it, shows up? Jason uh, Momoa shows up there as Aquaman and saves mm -hmm. them from, you know, the evil sea that keeps drowning people. Actually, I mean, gosh, you, you jerk. Sorry. <laughs> like, I, no. I'm about to break. I'm about to tell her all the awful things. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't even go there. Yeah. We'll have to talk uh, about yeah. it personally, but nope. I'll watch it tonight. I promise. Anyway, if you're watching the fourth season of True Detective, it's called Night Country. And something seems to possess people to want to wander out into the ice. Um, gosh. I guess all I can say is a joke that I made up about Aquaman showing up. Actually, 
I usually say I didn't I didn't do our regular intro at the beginning of the show. Whatever. I forgot to say who we were and what we were doing. <laughs> like because I was about to remind them that I only spoil the things I like, and if I don't deliver a spoiler, I guess that means I didn't like it. Didn't like something, but That's we okay. won't talk about it. We differed on tonight's movie, uh, so I'm still excited to watch it. Uh my notes are saying time to wrap it up and tell people what to preview for next week. TBD. You know, we're supposed to be getting into Centric Character Month. I mean, March is around the corner. Although, you know, I was re-watching some vampire movies that when I remember when they came out on video that they sucked. But I was re-watching them and I go, like, they're actually not that bad. So it's like, do I want to break from status quo and not go along with, like, our... By the way, folks, our entire year is planned, if you're yes. wondering. We have a Google document and we have movies that we've been we've been putting a plan together. But... um. Yeah, March is typically March Madness. So yeah, the, like the real March know? Madness, like some yeah. kind of psychological issues. However, in the past, we've run into a problem where it's like bad romance movies or thrillers, so they have a psychological bent. So and then, then we, we watch the crazy. and then we watch. So it's like we're like, wait a minute, we just watched crazy movies about and now, you know. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Johnny, spoiler: I only spoil the movies I love. Going as always by Jordan Savage. She's so savage she can review a movie and give you an answer without having seen it. The Savage Scream Queen herself. Uh, we've been good. doing some killer episodes. I don't know what to tell you people. This is like our year of rebuilding and it's definitely like a, a year to stand alone. I don't know. It's a very different year from... It's a very different show from last year. But... Um, we also don't have these corporate overlords that like uh, tie your hands behind your back and give you like you know ad libs like give you scripts that you can only say certain things at certain times. So I like it's kind of a catch twenty two. It's like yeah, every podcast your dreams of like you know big sponsor endorsements or dollars, but however the content could suffer. So right now our content is just out of control and pure content. It's which us, has been a you know? it's been a lot of it's been a lot of damn fun just going wild again. So yeah. And the way don't it was forget when it got created, you know. Yeah, don't forget beginning. to eat your Oreos with peanut butter. That's it. Yeah, eat your Oreos with peanut butter. Um, you won't be disappointed. No, not sponsored or endorsed by either peanut butter or Oreo or Oreos. And now they won't because I'm like Oreos and peanut butter. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. It's the best. So. Let me see. What are my crap snacks that I have? What do I like? Hmm. The, the only thing that I really put peanut butter in is tortillas. Like, if I'm getting peanut butter out, like, that's the first thing. I, that's my go-to with peanut butter is to stick it in the tortilla. With a little uh, sugar or no? You're just peanut butter? Dang. No, it's just peanut butter. Just like, oh, no. I used to do tortilla with cinnamon and sugar and butter. Although, I am becoming a gourmet fan of, or a gourmand, as I say, of, like, melted peanut butter into other food products. Like, uh, I tried to explain to somebody the other day that, like, hey, there's a trend currently... And cheeseburgers, where they're melt or burgers, where they're, you know, putting peanut butter on burgers and stuff like that. Like yeah. they've candied our bacon. All right, they've already they put candy bacon jam on burgers, and there's also a bent to put the peanut butter on, on it. And I'm like, peanut butter does not go on a burger. It's an oil. If you break it down by its components, it becomes an oil. I mean, yeah. they use peanut butter oil that. in a lot of you know Asian cooking. Yeah, you you won't do it. You won't do the peanut butter peanut on a burger. You won't put it on a burger. Not peanut butter. Peanut oil is delicious, though. I do like peanut oil. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold. Crack open a cold box of wine or...
That's the intro. That's the wrong song. They're going to think that it's that was the gag. They're going to think that was the ending gag, the fact that I clicked the wrong song twice. It was like, roll it back. I And I could have not said anything, but I started making... Every episode, folks, has like a, its own rhythm vibe. And like this one is like breaking the rules where we're talking about the podcast as itself, as it's happening. We, you know what I mean? We've we've broken the sports wall. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. She won't put peanut butter on her burger, but she'll mm-hmm. put peanut butter on an Oreo. It's perfect. The way Oreos were meant to be consumed. Somebody writes an Oreo. Is it yeah. Nabisco? It might be Nabisco that owns them. I don't know. It is Nabisco. That was. I can see it in my eye, in my brain eye. If I close my eyes, it says Nabisco. I think on the cookie, maybe on one side or in the corner. Wait, were you watching Skin Deep while eating the peanut butter Oreos? No, peanut butter Oreos came after. Oh, interesting. Mm. So good. Okay.